All right, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a somewhat sad addition uh, to the rap, as this is a special report about Kevin Samuels, the kind of image consultant, uh, dating influencer, uh, has reportedly passed away at 56 years old. Um, there have been rumors flying around all day. Um, and there's been, of course, mixed reaction all over the place. You know, some men, you know, you know, kind of hailing him and, uh, putting him in a high regard and women, um, saying that they weren't sad or that they hated him or that they hated what he stood for and called him a misogynist and this and that. Um, I am somewhere in the middle, right? So I know that the narrative about him was that he was this horrible misogynist um, guy that hated women that... Uh, well, he had been married twice and divorced. Like, how do you know anything about relationships? Um, uh, that he was mean, that he exploited women and all this and that. Um, I thought there were times where he was, he was just mean and he named called and called women fat and this and that. I don't agree with that. I don't believe in name calling. I believe you can get your point across. I believe you can explain yourself, uh, even if you have an opposing view of somebody, without name calling. Generally, I think he did do that. Uh, but there were times where he would start calling people pudgy or fat or calling people a loser and this and that. I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to that to labeling people that way um and my other i don't want to say this was an issue with him but i thought of course he is a man right um men generally tend to think of things as like data points and logically and with facts um you know, and looking at like, so he would always analyze things or when he would, you know, do his show and he would talk to women. It was how old are you? How much college do you have? Uh, where do you live? And, you know, and um, how much money was the guy you were dating making? And, and how tall are you? And what's your weight? And how much do you, you know. Would you call yourself a five and you're an adjustable six? Like, I didn't necessarily. Um, I feel like there's a way to talk about dating and not necessarily get into those data points. Right. Um, because beauty is an eye beholder. It's very subjective. There are some guys that like dark skinned women. There's some guys that like light skinned women. There's some guys that like brown skinned women. There's some guys that like women tall, short, uh, athletic build, skinny, BBWs. Um, if, if you, some women have a little gap in their teeth, there are some people that are like, yeah, that's sexy. That adds some character. That's your character. And there are some people that are like, ew, that's gross. Fix your teeth. 
So to me, beauty is not something that you can just, you know, like quantify, um, you know, some people can look at a woman and be like, oh, she's gorgeous. And some people can look at a woman and be like, she's all right. So, you know, it's, it's very, it's not uniform. Like I could sit in a lobby somewhere and see a beautiful, what I deem a beautiful woman walk by and another man maybe sitting across. And generally this happens, you know, a white man, a beautiful, what I think is that beautiful woman I'm looking and I notice that he is not looking. So what I deem to be pretty or, you know, attractive, he may not. And I've noticed it's like it's a little bit different with racial makeup or just sometimes it's taste, like who I think is pretty or cute um, and who they think is pretty or cute sometimes could just be different. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah. So so I don't necessarily like looking at somebody based on their their degree, how much money they make. Um cuz it's generally love and dating doesn't necessarily always work that way. But as an image consultant guy, he did look at those data points. He did value those things maybe a little bit heavier than people in the actual dating marketplace. So I I think people, you know, in their minds uh, say, I want somebody who's six feet or taller. I want somebody who makes this amount of money. I want to be married by 25. I want to do this. But generally, life is messy. Life doesn't work out that way. You don't always marry the person with all your boxes checked. And sometimes even when you find the person that with all those boxes checked, that might not even be your person. That might not even be the person you need to be with because they don't treat you right. Yes, they make under, you know, six figures. Yes, they dress a certain way. Yes, they have a nice home or a good credit score or whatever, but they treat you like dirt. Or you don't have any other things in common outside of the, you know, material things. Or maybe the person who looks exactly the way you want them to, they are tall or they are short or they are curvy or they are 36, 24, 36. They got all that intact, but their personality is garbage. Or they've been treated a certain way for so long that that has jaded them and they expect certain treatment and they are kind of a, they become kind of a diva and hard to deal with and they don't text back as fast. They don't call back as fast and you got to put up with more stuff because, you know, they're popular or because they're good looking. So I feel like sometimes those data points um, don't always match up with how things work out. Sometimes we end up with, the, you know, you end up with the thug or the street guy. Sometimes you end up with the uh, the the around the way girl when you thought, oh, well, I like bougie women. But you end up, but the around the way girl was the one that captured your heart. Um, I just feel like life is kind of messy and all over the place that way. It's 
you know, the data points. I'm going to be married by 30. Life does not care about your plan. Or your heart doesn't care about, you know, the figures or what's on a, you know, somebody's FICO score. Um, Though as we do get older, sometimes it kind of operates in reverse where maybe when you're younger, you go for the beauty and you go for who's exciting or who's sexy and you get older and those data points do start to matter. Is this person financially responsible? Is this person, do we have these things in common? Do Are they stable? And maybe you're not worried so much about how they look, how they dress. You're like, hey, can this person, can this person be a good father or good be a good wife? Can she take care of our home? Is she going to raise our kids the right way with the right values? So for me, his data driven approach didn't always, you know, resonate with me. I don't look at marriage as like a business. It's not a business. You're not trying to make a profit. You are partners. You are partners to a degree, but it's not a business. Uh, And yeah, maybe as partners, you're trying to create generational wealth for your family. And maybe you run a business together or maybe you are, you know, putting your money together. But the, the idea behind marriage is not necessarily 100% financial. It's more that I love this person and I want to be with that person for the rest of my life through the sick and through health. Um, yeah, nobody wants to struggle. Nobody wants to be poor. People want to be financially secure, but I think that's a little different than, oh, it's a business. It's, you know, it's a what have, what have you. Um, even though, it, it you know, some people stay in marriages for financial reasons or get into marriage for financial reasons. I think the general idea is that, yeah, you love and you get along with this person and you could see yourselves being with them for the rest of your lives. And when you get sick, that's the person that's going to take care of you. When you're in the hospital, you break your leg or you bump your head or you get in a car accident. That's the person that gets called. That's the person that's going to make the decision if you're on life support. Um, that's the person that's going to take care of your kids if something happens to you. Uh, I, I think to me, marriage is more about that, not about the numbers on a sheet where that was kind of his philosophy. So he disagreed there. Um, but I did enjoy that he would give kind of a man's point of view on sometimes what and and so many men have taken on this topic and I feel like men say it over and over again but women don't and this is actually one of his last posts one of his last posts was um women who they're the boss chick they're the one with the PhDs and the degrees and you know, six figures, seven figures. Um, and they would v- use those things to value themselves in the dating market where those things are not things that men value. Men don't date you because of your degrees. Men don't date you because of your your income. 
men don't date you because of those. Men date you generally because of how you treat them. Or, you know, maybe it's maybe it is your it's your femininity. It's you know, it it might be, you know, your shape or your how you look, your femininity, how you treat them, uh, your domestic abilities. That that might be what attracts and keeps and holds a man. Not to say that all of that, you know, that a man won't cheat if a woman has all of those things. But that's a whole other topic about, you know, whether a man stays, uh, you know, faithful or not. That's a, that's a whole other thing. But it's not how many degrees you have. It's definitely not what type of car you drive or, you know, where you went to school or those status points that maybe women are attracted to. But that's not what men are attracted to. And that was definitely something that he always that was always a point that he tried to drive home. Um, Kim Newton tried kind of sloppily to drive the same point home, but he wasn't as artful with it as Kevin Samuels was. So, you know, while I didn't agree with everything he said, I didn't necessarily always agree with his philosophy with the data driven points. And the women being over 35 and there being leftovers. I don't think, I think that's kind of an old way of thinking. And he was 56 years old. So maybe that is a baby boomer generation X view of things. There was a time where if you were 30, 30 and over, 25 and over, and you weren't married, you were like what they call an old maid. And I think that old mentality um, probably contributed to his thought about that where now people are 35 they're 40 they're 45 they're even 50 and then they're not married there are the Oprah Winfrey's who are who's been with Stedman forever and it's just like I, I don't I don't need to get married there um, there are lots of women that think that way there are men that think that way um, you know there was those longtime bachelors the Derek Jeters the George Clooney's who they just dated everybody they wanted to in their 20s and 30s and finally settled down, you know, in their, you know, 40s and 50s. Um, but, and they had their fun. That's way more common now. So just because you're having fun and enjoying your career and building up your money and your credit and whatever, in your 30s and 40s, or 20s and 30s, whatever years it is for you, um... It doesn't, that, that's okay. You could be on a dating app and be 40. That's okay. You can, you know, still be in the dating pool in 20, at, at 35, 36. It's okay. It's not looked down upon like it was many years ago. Where you couldn't be a CEO of a company or you couldn't be president or you couldn't do this or that without being married. No one cares about that anymore. That's not a big deal. Your personal life is your personal life. Um, so I, I disagree with him there as well. But generally, I, I, I was okay with him having an opposing voice, being a devil's advocate, being a male voice in kind of a female-driven market. Whereas Kevin Samuels would always say, you know, from a marketing standpoint, because that was his background, was like marketing and corporate, like advertising and 
Uh, and, you know, he was a men's image consultant. A lot of television programming, a lot of magazines, a lot of media is driven towards women as consumers. Everything is catered towards women. So for someone to not do that and someone to do the opposite and say, this is what you're doing wrong or this is where you're wrong or this is not how it is and this is how it really is. So for a voice to do that, that caused that was a pain point in the culture and calling something out or being a descent, uh, a descending voice or a voice of, you know, a, a different opinion. Um, generally, we don't. When someone goes against the narrative, that's when name calling starts. And people would say, oh, he looks gay or he does this or I don't like him. And look at the way he stands and look at these pictures of him. And he looks fruity and look at him in high school or look at him in college, blah, 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 blah. Instead of actually breaking down what he said and disagreeing with it, that's what people resort to. When you see a Candace Owens out there, instead of breaking down what she says and said, no, you're wrong, Candace, because X, Y, and Z. People just call her this name and that name and we hate you and this and that because she's not aligned with the Democratic Party, which 90% of the black population in America is. And I'm not, this is not a uh, an opinion on that either way. You could be conservative or you could be, you know, uh, liberal. I happen to lean pretty liberal myself. Um, you know, whether you're Sage Steele at ESPN and she was not a big believer of the, you know, vaccine mandate and she's got some kind of odd feelings about being mixed. Um, and she took some guff at, about that at ESPN. And there were certain people who didn't want to necessarily work with her. And she got a lot of pushback. I feel like there should be room for differing opinions. We should not all you know, have to follow the same narrative. And we shouldn't shout people down just for having a different opinion. Um, right? Like, an example of this is, you know, the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap thing. Chris Rock made a joke. And because it was perceived that maybe Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith didn't like it. Will Smith, you know, you know, resorted to violence. And then you had we had Dave Chappelle who was on stage doing his thing. And he's taken a lot of heat for his anti-trans kind of takes on um, uh, on that subject. He had several specials where he was talking about that. And it came off as a little anti-gay, a little anti-trans, or that he was upset at their progress or upset at their movement or whatever it was. And there has been kind of a counter-movement to that and saying, hey, we shouldn't put Dave on Netflix and this and that and what have you. I don't know if the man that attacked Dave did it because of that reason. We don't know. But, um, you know, I I just feel like when, when someone has a descending opinion or different opinion, we tend 
to attack them instead of saying, well, why do you think that way? And what, what made you, you know, go that direction? And I think that's the conversations we need to have. Why did, you know, ask those questions. Why did Kevin Samuels think the way he think? Is it because he was in advertising? Is it because he was doing men's consulting and he was talking to men, these so-called high-value men, and his experiences with them, you know, kind of gave him insight to then tell women, well, this is what these high-value men are looking for. I think that's where he came from. And the fact that he was 56, so he came from a different era where it was more gender roles. It was more women were in the kitchen. It was more, you know, men were in the workforce and in the corporate world and then, you know, working in the factory. Um, it was a different world that he probably grew up in. Uh, in May, you know, some, that, that formed his beliefs. But instead of us viewing him in that context, it was just he's saying things that we disagree with. So... You know, we got to attack him. Um, But, yeah, he did say some things that were inflammatory. He did, you know, uh, call names, and I'm not with that. But I think we there's enough space for us to have, you know, differing opinions without violence, uh, without snapping at people and calling people names. So, um I'll probably catch some flack for even talking a little bit positive about Kevin Samuels. But that's all right. I'm used to that. That's okay. Uh, I believe in free speech, even if it's speech I disagree with. Um, And his impact and that year or two years or whatever he was, he had in the space. um, That's going to be felt. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be somebody else that fills that void. That um, maybe it's the fresh and fit guys. Maybe there's somebody else um, that does that. It's not going to be me. Uh, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be, um, you know, my thing. Oh, you're trying to take Kevin. No, 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 no. Though I will. I do want to talk more about dating and, you know, where men are coming from and where women are coming from. Uh, and how we can get together, especially black men and black women. Uh, not to say that I don't care about other couples or what they're doing, but you know I, I am hyper concerned about black men and black women, and how we get along, and how we date, and how we treat each other, and how we respect each other. And on that note, um, you know, rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Uh, I'm gonna say gone too soon. I wanted to hear more. I wanted his voice still to be in the marketplace, even if it was upsetting things. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need a little disruption. We need some a differing opinion. Um, 56 years old, for any human, forget about just Kevin Samuels, for any human, that's just not long enough. You know, my parents are way older than that. I hope to grow way older than that. So may he rest in peace. Condolences to his family. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Rob Anthony podcast. This has been the wrap and I'll talk to you next time.